Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Hey everyone, welcome to Absurdity, an exploration of all things absurd in religion, culture, and society. You like that? I gave us like a little, like a little blurb, like a little intro blurb. Because, um, you know, I'm trying to be hip and cool like all the cool kids, Um Actually, you want to know, Tony, what, what prompted that me to do that? Yeah, tell me. A, it's a lot of people keep asking me why it's called absurdity. So I figured now just putting it at the beginning of every episode is an easy way to uh, to talk about it or to let you know exactly what it's about. But B, actually from watching YouTubers. Um, so one creator, one YouTube content creator I, I follow is Sarah Dietschy. And... Um, because she makes like a lot of like really high quality content, not just on YouTube. Like she does podcasts with other creative right. people, yeah. and like she's uh-huh. yeah, she's super good. And uh, she always opens her she always opens her uh, her videos and her content with, "Hey, if you're new here, uh, I'm Sarah Dietschy, rhymes with Peachy, all the time, every time, and it's awesome." And I love the way that she says it. So I decided I wanted something not obviously as catchy or memorable as that, but. Just something that lets people know something who we are. Something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Bef- you have to send me. You have to send me the side so I can memorize it. Okay, I will. I'll, I'll come up with a jingle. Yeah, we will. We'll something do something like easy, like NBC. When we dum, get rich dum, enough to dum, have dum. a producer, we're we're Absur- we'll go. Absurdity. Um. All right. So before we before I forget this, I need to make sure we get this done. Um, we do have a winner of the giveaway. We had some difficulties with iTunes loading reviews late. Um, and then me forgetting about it. So we, we finally announced. Never admit culpability. We, we have never. We, we finally have a, a winner. It is uh, Mr. Skier 1. Mr. Skier 1. So I have no idea who that is. So I'm going to trust that you're going to claim this by either tweeting at us or messaging us on Facebook or emailing me. Uh, all of our info is in the show notes. So if this is you, uh, please send us. Uh, please let me know who you are. Um, and if you lie to claim a $50 Amazon gift card, then I'm not responsible for whatever judgment befalls you in the end of days. So, um, it's, I will stand far, far away from you when lightning strikes is, is kind of my goal. If you lie on a $50 giveaway. So, um, we'll be doing another one of those soon. Uh, my goal is to maybe do one, uh, every couple months or so, but we'll see. I don't know yet. Uh, I don't know how I'm feeling about it, but we'll, we'll make it happen. Um, but if you, uh, the best way, honestly, to support us and what we're doing is to go on to patreon.com slash absurdity podcast. Think of it like a Kickstarter that you do monthly. Um, and you you can support me via monthly donations, support absurdity via monthly donations, um, and help us continue to grow this and to do more with our podcast. I have a lot of plans, but I can't do it without a little bit more finances uh, in the bank. So please help us out. Um, and, and honestly, uh, you'll get... Um, ad-free episodes and a bonus episode per month if you're at the $5 or more per month tier. Um, And 
payments don't go through until the first of the the first day of the next month. So don't worry if you don't have the money right now. Um, if you sign up to be a patron, it won't charge until the first day of the next month. So don't worry about that. Um, all right, uh, Tony, I have news for you. Tell me. It is it is from before I knew you. Uh oh. From two thousand four. That was a that was a dark dark time. It's true. You are the light of my life, Tony. Other than sugar. Um, you are the lesser light, and sugar is the greater light. Of I'm not. Of, I'm not even uh, going to go there. I'm not um, going to go there. I could see your eyes going there. I'm like, I'm not touching that. The mm-hmm. from 2004 when I was 11 uh, to 2012 ish, I played a game called City of Heroes. It was an MMORPG. It was the. It was a precursor to World of Warcraft, um, and played it all throughout my childhood. Well, in 2012, it shut down. Even though it was NCSoft's only profitable game at the time, uh, it shut down because it wasn't. It wasn't successful in the Korean market, which is, you know, what their market main market is or their target market is. So they shut it down. And um, we've been waiting for seven years. Other people have tried to develop other games. No success. Nothing's been nothing's been done. We've all just been kind of waiting. Two weeks ago, it leaks out that someone's been running a private server with stolen game source code for the last seven years. And since it shut down and all hell broke loose online. Podcast started covering this. Oh, I bet. Uh, Massively OP did a podcast episode about this and has been writing articles about it. So the guy got caught in it, obviously, by someone leaking it. And because he was running a private server for about 3,000 people by invite only. Um, right, yeah. So well, that's the only way you can make that yeah, happen. Yeah, exactly. Is so now it's... By a bunch of people who fight club it for you. Exactly. Well, now the, the source code's out there. So anyone can run a server now. So the game is back, whether NCSoft likes it or not. And uh, for the first time in seven years, I've been able to log back into this game. And I swear to you, when I found out about it and when I logged back in for the first time and like created a new character, dude, I almost cried. And for it, for this awesome hero game to be revived the same week that Avengers Endgame comes out. Oh, my gosh. It's like getting into a <laughs> stick shift after watching a Fast and Furious movie. Like, that's that's exactly how good this game feels. And there's literally... I can't drive sticks. So for me, that would just be a passenger... So it'd be mostly me screaming my head off going, slow down, <laughs> slow down, slow down. For, for a game that's been defunct for seven years, over 14,000 accounts were created in 36 hours. Well, one of the things that I've always heard, though, is that with the update of graphics and all that kind of stuff, like they really did. They were worried that it was just going to get um, not left behind, per se, but like it, it, it would become like a relic. Nope. They, that Wasn't game that always the... nope that game held up in fact ncsoft or well not ncsoft but i think paragon studios the company that was like the the development company that was working on the game um i think is famous for being like one of the only companies to beat marvel in a lawsuit uh, marvel was suing them because people were trying to create or recreate marvel characters in the game like copy their costumes um didn't and they lost um it was very interesting, basically. So the, but it's really cool to be able to play that game again, man. I've turned into a total recluse. My skin has turned into like four shades whiter. I haven't left oh, my apartment. I was wondering why your eyes were um, so bleary the, and bloodshot. The, the game, actually, they had to put a server cap on the private servers because so many people are trying to log in. So there's a server queue to get in. And so I'm like, right now, as we're recording, I'm like 300th in line to get into the game. And it's just, I'm just letting it run while we record. Um, so that when we're done, I can get back in and stay up all night and play. Uh, this is my life. To this is my life. I've been waiting seven years for this. So moment. healthy, um, so healthy, bro. It's like so it, I'm, it I'm holds not even going to stop you. It holds up. I'm an enabler. Thank you. There's a great show called Documentary Now, and at one point they're talking about um, they, they make fake documentaries about real documentaries, and so they did one on um, uh, some filmmakers from back in the 20s. And one one guy goes. Yeah, he was uh, he was an alcoholic, but uh, back then I was a huge enabler. I just gave you if you were addicted to something, I just gave it right to you. <laughs> and, and I, I'm like that kind of describes me to a degree. Uh, like someone like Andrew, um, he he just kind of had a, well, he didn't kind of he had a birthday recently, and I got him uh, Spider Man, the video game for PS4. And he's just been like binging that thing, and it's kind of great to watch. Like it kind of sucks because it's like, oh, I want to play. And I get, I gave him first because um, this is birthday present for a year. I said basically, hey, you can do whatever you want. Like this is your game. You get first dibs if I'm playing. Like and you want to play, I'll totally let you on. 
And so he's just been playing like crazy. I believe it. And I feel like that a little bit. I'm just like, huh, that's, I don't, I may have created a monster. Yes. Oh well. Yes. So go for it, Becker. Do it. Thank you. I appreciate it. You don't understand like how upset this game shutting down. I didn't play it for the last year when I knew it was shutting down because I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, It was very hard to watch that die. It was a major part of my childhood. um, Major part of like, uh, I just incredible um, what that, the memories that I have with that game. So, um, Let's uh I no end game spoilers now, in now this that we've episode. Lost yeah. Half of our listeners. Uh no no end game spoilers this episode. Don't worry. That'll come later. Um because Tony hasn't seen the movie yet and I don't want to do that to anyone within a weekend of it coming out. Um oh, dude, it made 1.2 billion dollars. It, it's incredible. Weekend. Over the weekend, not total. No, it's shattered. Not it's shattered. Total. Yeah, no, it's shattered. Everything. It made it in the First weekend. You know what's wild? With a three-hour runtime. Do you understand how many oh, hours yeah. like that is that that well, like that you, takes you away? You know what cracks me up though? No, like you know what cracks me up. This is what's in it, it, every film to crack a billion dollars has been over three hours. Yeah, I know it's wild. Like, do people and people are like, "What?" This and I'm like, this whole thing that uh, people won't watch a film over two. No, if you make a good film, people will watch. It doesn't it. even feel like three hours. And they will watch it over and over and over again. Yeah, the difference is you actually have to pay and get good writers. You can't make Sharknado and put it in for three hours. Like you have to actually put in good stuff. But people sit and watch a movie. Like yeah. this whole thing about oh, well, you have to cut it short. No, give me the director's yep. version. Inject it directly into my veins. I want it. Well, and if it's something that's known to deliver on whatever it promises, if it's something that is known to, um, or if it's someone that has like a following, right? Like Endgame had a following from all these different individual movies that all culminate into Star this. Wars. Yeah, Star Wars yeah. is the same thing. And so it is, um, you know, it's expected that something like this will happen. And I think we're seeing something uh, along those same lines. Are you ready for how smooth this transition is? Along those same lines with Kanye's uh, new church services. Because Kanye, that's, that's so good. I know I'm ruining it by talking about how good it was, but it was so good. No, no. Um, We're, the, we spent seven minutes talking about a video game, your love of an MMOR, not just a video game, an MMORPG. <laughs> so it's just as fun at 26 meta, as it meta was this when I was up. 11. Meta this. Um, We're two white cis guys geeking out about Avengers and MMORPGs. And then we took a hard Geek left out, into Kanye. Um, Geek the, <laughs> out. Um, as, as we should. As, we as should. life always should. Kanye should never be eased into. Kanye should always be just a hard left. Yes. You just, all right. Because everything do, he does. Boom. Because everything. Yeah, it's just a hard left. But no, like Kanye is someone who always has delivered. Like, I, regardless of what your opinions on whether he's crazy, whether he's not, whatever. Like, when he does something, he's he's he has undoubtedly changed the game. Oh, yeah. He's a great producer. Like, Scooby Poop was the greatest single of this decade. Like, easy. One of the... T- he is easily one of the top five producers, I would say, of all time. Like, all time. I don't know enough producers, like, to, to like... Dispute. To, yeah. I, like, yeah, I don't... <laughs> I, I, I don't... I can't dispute it. Um, but, like, he really I, has opinion, changed. Like, I, yeah. I, I would say, in my opinion, he's one of the top five of all time. Well, because it yeah. just of what he's been able to do and, and what he's been... Uh, to me, in, I, like, again, in my opinion, if you look at trap music, if you look at so many different aspects of hip hop. It comes from the influence that Kanye had, um, especially in like uh, uh, 808 and Heartbreak. Um, I mean, just I, anyway, all of his early stuff just had such a huge influence. And so you look at all of the major guys basically since 2005. And to me, they're all not acolytes of the Kanye school per se, but they are all either reactions to I mean, look at the big guys right now, right? You have Kendrick, uh, Chance, um, you know, some would argue uh, uh, Wiz Khalifa, you know, all these guys. I mean, listen to their sound. Very, very similar. And you look at Drake's, not his style per se, but the way that he puts out his music, very much the way that Kanye did, especially in his early years. Yeah. So uh, to me, he's just, he's one of the, t- he's he's incredible musical mind yeah there's no way around that even if you don't like his stuff like you can admire talent yeah i'm not saying that i enjoy his music i'm saying i recognize how good it is 
on a on an objective level. Yeah. You want to talk about a cultural pusher, like a culture pusher, that's that's oh, that's yeah. him. Hundred percent. Oh, yeah. So it's no surprise that eventually he well, dabbles into into church. I was I, I was gonna say well, not even that, but first he dabbles in he's able to tap into he's been able to tap into pockets of culture that speak to what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would argue you listen to his music and then you look at his personal life and then you look at how that's transitioned now into, shall we say, his spiritual journey. Um, and it's like right in line with it. Yep. It's it's just dead on in line with it. Um, I mean, look at his personal life. He married Kim Kardashian, right? And you look at when when he did it, he literally said, I like taking things people hate and making them mine. Like, I love that. Mm-hmm. And and it's just that idea of, like, we all love to hate the Kardashians. And he was like, sick. This is, And I'm not saying that they're not in love, but I'm saying he was able to recognize that. And, and for better or worse, he jumped on it. And so it, it was just, to me, I was like, wow, this is, forget forget the concept of a a romance like this is one of the best partnerships i've ever seen i mean it's mm-hmm. it was like ben and and or not ben uh, uh um uh angelina jolie and brad uh pitt. brad pitt all over again it was just like this is just gonna make everything better for both of their brands um, that's how i feel about course, john legend and uh chrissy teigen yeah but they were dating before they were famous that's fair yeah that's but, but i agree with you i agree with you yeah. but at the same time it was like they kind of made the come up together um but yeah it's it's kind of the same thing it's like the it, they're a, definitely a power couple mm-hmm. and um they've not well and and to me i think that was the difference between beyonce and jay-z beyonce and jay-z got together if you remember way back in the day for their and this is not where we're going with this but but it's Trust me, I'm getting to where we're going to go. Beyonce, when I when they first got together, it was they started running in the same circles and they they had that same energy, right? They had this dri- this this drive to come up from nothing and to be the the absolute mogul. So for Beyonce, it was to be Queen Bey, right? That's the energy she had and she saw in Jay-Z the same and he saw that in her and they matched, mm-hmm. right? Very similar to what Kim and Kanye did, except that Kim and Kanye made each other bigger by doing that. Mm-hmm. Jay and Jay and Beyonce, they didn't need each other to do that. Like they just did it. They just they, they realized were they were they were running. It's kind of I, I've heard it said like this, like like you know if you're just if you're looking for someone who's running a similar race to you, just look. Like as yeah, you're running, yeah. just look left or look right. Yep. That's literally what look they did, right. and that's literally what it was. Yeah. And they were just like, "Oh, you're," but they didn't need each other. Versus, versus with Kim and Kanye, the sum has become greater than the the the, 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 the whole has parts. become the yeah yeah the whole has been the yeah the sum has become greater than the individual individual parts, and and to me, for those of you who don't know, Kanye has now started something called Sunday Service. So, um. I, I first became aware of this on Twitter and I thought it was, I'm, I'm not kidding. I thought it was like a music video or some sort of a practical joke um, because I saw it was just this video and someone was commenting on it or they had retweeted it with a comment. And it was uh, something about how uh, Kanye West, it's him in like this linen, I guess, suit. It wasn't a suit per se. It was just like a, a big floofy, shirt um like an artisan peasant shirt and these kind of linen pants playing the his keyboard with like a choir behind him out on this grassy hill and it just really struck me it was it was just odd to see um not that it was like weird like not as because it's like oh that shouldn't be weird but you just wouldn't expect kanye there you know what i mean it just wasn't something that i was expecting to see it was kind of like out of the blue like if all of a sudden you just saw an elephant driving a car stick shift you know like if if you just saw that so for me it was just a odd thing to see so i started doing a little bit more into it i started reading a little bit into it and i kind of realized okay he's kind of doing these invite only churches 
And what was interesting to me when I started really reading into it, I found this article, uh, and it was written by a lady um, who writes for The New Yorker. And uh, let me give her name really quickly so you can actually. Her name is uh, Gia Tolentino. Um, and interestingly enough, Gia, so the same lady, she's in the Hulu documentary. You remember the documentary on the Fire Festival? Yes, the one that I never watched. So she's in that. She's okay. the she's the blonde Asian lady in in the in the festival. Both of those are great. We need to do an episode on that. Yeah, I agree. There's a whole who, but um, anyway, so she's very good, very good, excellent writer, excellent writer. Um, but she started, you know, writing kind of about this, and she wrote about it uh on his Easter service. That was kind of the trigger i guess for the article and it was done on the last weekend of coachella and so becker what were your thoughts when you heard about the service when you kind of read the article and when you kind of learned about especially like that last weekend with coachella what what were your thoughts what were like your impressions and your feelings tell me all your deepest secrets um i went to bed till i was 14 that's the worst secret i got um the I didn't say worse. I said deepest, but I'll take it. That's still that's pretty deep. Um, <laughs> the uh, the now that we're sufficiently off track, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, no coming back. No, from that. I think okay. No so the first back. thing is a it didn't surprise me that Kanye was doing this, but b um, okay. I wanted to know just what kind of church this was. Like like saw that he was doing it Easter right, weekend, yeah. all this, but I wanted to know like with the Sunday services too. Um, what the goal of them was, what the point of them was. Like, I really was curious. Um, and then I find this article as I'm looking in, as I'm looking into it. Um, check this out. Um, so during Coachella, like during his during his Sunday service, right, there was there was time that they could spend buying food and coffee and smoothies and stuff, right? right? Yeah. Then listen to this. Yet many more were interested in the, quote, church clothes, unquote, um, that were for sale, including yeah. sweatshirts for 165 to 225 Jesus Walks yeah. socks for $50, $70 t-shirts reading Trust God on the front, and yeah. Sunday Service at the Mountain on the back. Um, yeah. Like, this... Merch! Yeah, up until that moment, I was like... Uh, I was like, okay, I get that this is just an alternative form of church. Like, one of the things that I found interesting is uh, atheists, wh- uh, you know, when, when, when they've kind of sufficiently gotten over the militant atheist phase... Um, what one of the things they start to they've started to question or ask is like when did Christians get the commodity on community? Like when did they get the trademark on it and the copyright on it? And so what you started to see is atheist churches showing up because what they've said is like we value the community part of what Christianity gave us. Yeah, the ritual. Yeah, we the, love yeah. gathering together and talking and and doing life together. We just don't do the whole worship God thing. Um, and so I thought Kanye was doing something along those lines. I was like, I was curious to know how much he would worship God in any of this, especially with things like, uh, what was the ultralight? Um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of the name By of it. By chance. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, hold on, hold on. I but the, on. the, the, I, so I was fine with it as long as it stayed neutral, but when you ultralight st- beam, ultralight beam, that's ultralight what it was. Beam. But when you, and I love that song in general too, but when you, Man, I just don't like the profiting like this. Um, I don't like that. And I get that it's Coachella, and I get that people, like, for a lot of people that are at Coachella, this costs, like, that's that's like a drop in the bucket in money for that kind of merch. But at the same time, like, it just feels yeah, bad yeah, yeah. to profit off that. I feel the same way when I went to Elevation Church and saw, and saw their merchandise for sale in the lobby after the church. Like, stuff like that just makes me really kind of, icky, like, feel icky and gross. Um because one of the things I looked up when I, when I saw like what was, what this was about, one of the guys that that ran one of the Sunday services before, um, he said like, look, this is all about we're just trying to effectively communicate love. That's all we're trying to do here. Um, and I get that, but at the same time, like doing that behind closed doors in a service where uh, you make everyone who comes sign a non disclosure agreement or an NDA, um, and you. Like it's it's still this exclusive like, yeah, we are going to effectively yeah. communicate love, yeah. but a very exclusive way. Um, it, it does bug me like it irks me the wrong way, regardless of what you're trying to do with the service. Now, granted, it's only it's not been happening forever. And I you know, there's still development that could happen. But I really don't like that. I, there's a lot about this that makes me uncomfortable and not from a Christian standpoint. Like there's nothing about this that is actually really offensive to me other than the merchandise for sale. Like there's nothing about them just well, wanting to gather and do their own thing that bothers me. That does that's I, okay. <laughs> I mean, 
Okay. Like as yeah, a yeah. Christian, there's nothing yeah. that offends the yeah. Christian in me that they're doing it. Yeah. Okay. Does that I, make I, sense? I got you. It's just it's just a different form of I, gathering. In a way. In a way, yeah. I my thing is like, all right. So it's like this. I I think legally you have to allow uh, for gay pair bonding, right? You have to allow, um, you know, gay people, uh, uh, any part of the LGBTQ plus a community um, or question community, you have to allow them um, to have a partner. You have to allow partnerships legally. I'm 100% for that. Um, to me, what I don't like is when you call it marriage because now you're playing a semantic game. Um that I think should be removed from the taxation as a whole. Right? Marriage period. Are marriage you saying is, mar- is, you're saying is, marriage period? Marriage period. Okay, let, period. let's be Not clear. Just homosexual. Like, you need to be really clear. And homosexual. Yeah. Everybody needs to. You need to be real clear. We need to when remove you open that, that door. from legal. Yeah. No. 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 And and I'm going to explain why. Here's why. You should not take something that is a religious institution and marry it to a legal code. Right. Ever. And that's my personal feeling. Right. I understand my personal beliefs and your personal beliefs. But in this country, you should be able to say while we are influenced from different things, what makes us great is that we all come together. And as a society, say this is a place where someone can express themselves and have like a Sunday service. But when you take the word marriage, that is a very specific word. Right. I'm not saying that we should not give them benefits. I'm not saying that we should not give uh, uh, anyone who wants to be a partner, whether that's polygamy, whether that is uh, mm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna nix uh, um, a few things off that list. But to me, especially when you look at all right, if you want to have a a pansexual marriage, if you want to have some of that stuff. Um, Legally, we should be able to find precedent so that anybody who wants to be able to create a loving relationship with somebody else, they should have that right, and they should have tax benefits for that right, right? We should stop and observe that. But the word marriage describes a specific relationship that we have taken, and we have made a a legal term, and that should never have happened, right? That belongs to the church, that belongs to a very specific, very specific partnerships, uh, a pair bonding. None of that uh, love does not belong to marriage. Love is bigger than marriage. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. When you said now, I'm just now hearing you say para bonding. I was hearing para bombing, and I was very confused no. when you first started pair bonding. Yeah, pair bonding. Pair bonding. Okay, we're good. I heard para bombing, so, gay para bombing. I was like, what the yeah, heck? Where you, is this yeah. going? <laughs> When you say, when you say, to, to me, I like the term pair bonding, right? Because um, that specifically refers to, say, uh, um, two people, right? When I say partnership, that could be multiple people. That could be one person and multiple people. That could be, you know, a polyamorous group. Um, so to me, w- when you look at that, I go, but that specific word is something special. And to me, I want to keep that special. Uh- because I believe that the Bible has that, and that needs to be something that is that has been removed from legal and put over here. I guess I just right? like That's the fact word. that the fact that marriage is used as a general like verb or not verb, yeah. but like it's it's used as a general thing. Like uh, like when exactly. when two things are brought together, we say like they're they, with the marriage, the marriage of, of those exactly. two things, and it's like oh no, I don't have a problem with that. Something that it That's my be. point. Yeah. I disagree. I See, I do. I have. A I understand problem what with, the legal. I I understand your legal points. Yeah. Honestly, like the biggest thing, the the biggest problem I have with anything so, that you just said was more a semantic thing, not under, not under marriage. The, but that's the thing. No, my it's, semantic. It's, no, 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 no. My semantic issue was yeah. was you saying I'm fine that we give them benefits. I don't like the terminology or the the, the phrasing of we are giving people like they right. have a no, no, right no, 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 no. to it. Let me rephrase that. Everybody, they everybody just has, has the, a right. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, Everyone I think has phrasing a right is important. That's why I call you out on it. It's not because I know what yeah, you yeah, yeah. meant. No, no, no. I'm glad you did because yeah. I want to be super clear. Yeah. And this is the reason why I say that. This is the only reason why I say that because it is controversial, because it is such a, a hot topic. This is why church and this idea of a Sunday service, to me, has to be something that should be special, right? So you couldn't say, oh, he took us to, when people were talking about Chance, right, and his Grammy, when he said, oh, man, he took us to church. No, he didn't. 
No, he didn't. That wasn't an act of worship. That was a performance. That was a performance. It was a performance. Now, whether Chance personally was trying to give glory to God, I'm not going to argue. I don't know. I don't know what was in his heart. But that was a performance. He sung a Christian song. But it was a performance. I was a performer. I am a performer. I understand the difference. That was a performance. That was not church. When I read what was going on here, I, so I get what you're saying when you're like, from a Christian perspective, I actually was offended because I go, nothing about that says church. Nothing about that says church. Uh, see, it's closed. I, That's not church. I, I, That's I, not I get church. from, from, from your worldview or from your perspective, like I, I, I can, like I understand it. Um, my issue is like for them, it is something special. Like, so to me, it sounds like you're defining what something special is, um, for them instead of allowing them to define what that something special is. Like either way, they're doing something completely out of the ordinary to gather together for something outside of themselves. That's like saying that like, uh, Muslims aren't doing, um, like church or Jews aren't going to they're synagogue. They're not doing church. But I know that no, 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 they, no. Have a, okay. yeah, because, but okay. they have a different now, word for you it. You can argue that they're worshiping. You can argue that they're worshiping, but that's not church. So you want, so, not, so, you're not arguing for a, so you're arguing for a narrowly defined. Extremely narrowly defined. When you say church, that I is a Christian that, term. I, I just think that's that a big ass. a Christian term. I just think that's that a big a ass. Term. So that's why it offended me though, because here's the thing, and here's why. We have so many pastors that take what should be holy and different, and they misrepresent it. And in that misrepresent, misrepresentation, people are, are, are led to believe they are doing something that is neither biblical nor Christian. And this is why, right? I mean, it's deceptive. If you, look at what the, if you look at what the Bible says of what church is, what it does, what it, it... Now, I'm not saying that that wasn't a service. I'm not saying that wasn't a worship service. The Bible does not define what a worship service looks like. As far as style, liturgy, all that good stuff, they could have had a worship service, but it wasn't church. And that's the issue that bothered me is people are now associating this with, oh, well, this is a different form of church. No, it's not. Okay. I, okay. And, I'm with and, you on that point. Now, it may I'm be with similar. It may be similar to what other churches are doing, but they're doing that wrong because there is a right way to do church. And it is defined by the Bible. And to be honest, not a lot of churches are doing it correctly. Now, they're trying, and, and I'm not taking away from anyone who's trying, but a lot of churches are taking what their culture defined as church, not what the Bible described, and what not what God is trying to lead his people into. Um, the best way I can describe... Okay, so Francis Chan recently got called out for taking a picture with Benny Hinn, right? Uh, Francis Chan I respect so much. And I don't really care that he took a picture with him, but there are some people that were really offended by that because Benny Hinn, those who don't know, is a very, very famous Pentecostal, or charismatic, I should say, um, Prosperity gospel preacher. And so there were people that like were were incensed that he would do this. And he wrote a letter explaining, I take pictures with people. I don't want to shut anyone out from my life, but I am not pro. And this is why I am not pro prosperity gospel. And he laid out why. Now, keep in mind, this is the guy who left his salaried church. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what he's doing right now. I think he might be speaking wrong, but he left his salary because he said, God is not calling me to his salary. I'm going to live the way that, and, and trust that God's going to provide for me. This is the same person who led a church to say, we're going to sell off our building because nowhere in the Bible does it say you should have a building. And instead, we're going to build a home for the poor because it does say you're supposed to take care of the poor and the widows and the orphans and those who are, who are not able to take care of themselves. So they sold their church building and and bought a series of apartments. Now, whether or not I need to do more research, if someone were to call me up and say, yeah, they actually, it was horrible. It was uh, segregated. And ra- I don't know. The that announcement much at its base that. level is a good thing. But yeah. At its base level, that idea, I go, that is Christianity. That is church. That is church. When you allow anyone to walk in, when you think of something, not just beyond myself, but other centered. And there's a difference between that, right? There's a difference between something bigger than me and other centered. Because I can look to something bigger than me in a very selfish manner. In a very, very, very selfish manner. Music is bigger than us. And yet there are people who approach music and come to music in a very selfish and, and self-promoting manner. 
And I think this is what bugged me when I read that article about it. Not because, oh, Kanye's trying to do church, but the way that he did it was so misrepresented that I go back to there are some things that have to be separate and specific to what the Bible says. And we have allowed ourselves to... We have allowed ourselves to, and I hate the word compromise because it's such a, it's such a, I don't know, harsh word. Like people use well, it in okay, a way but that like, what do you? We've allowed ourselves to be so compromised that we think, hey, you can call something that's a marriage when you join two things together. And I go, that is not. But what, what do you? What do you want them to do? Like to. picket sign outside of his Sunday service? Like he's a dude that no, is no, not. I'm not he doesn't. That. Like he doesn't claim to really. I mean, I don't know that he really claims it outside of the way that well, a lot of celebrities claim Christianity, but like I, yeah. some dude just just does it. It doesn't like there's I think I think I think well, there's personal responsibility on the people that 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 join in on this, that attend it, that that buy that's, into that, it. That's what like, it is. Yeah, it, it's on them, too. Like, I'm I don't think. Yeah, I'm not saying go stop. Like, I don't think we should stop him from doing that. But I think the people who consider themselves to be Christians should take a long, hard look at themselves. Like, I, I got to be okay. honest, I was disappointed that Chance showed up. Like, I was a little disappointed. So that, Demon DMX, I was a little disappointed they did. Because I was like, all it's right. Their, I they're get, going well, to support their I, friend. I from, a, from a missional perspective, I get that. But I think they should have had... Now, granted, they are a lot more in tune with the situation than I am, right? Like, I've done a little bit of research and I've read a few articles. But from what I can see and from what I have been allowed to see... Because remember, this is... It's all under NDA, very limited stuff, yeah. yeah. Technically, he's only kind of live streamed it, so we can only see what he allows us to see. But from what I have seen and heard, I'm like, mm, this is not. Okay. The poor so man? I come at this from a completely different perspective, and it comes off of what the one I, of the things you just said. Hit me. This is this is the reason I think I wasn't offended by it. Um, the reason is when I see stuff like this, alternative forms of of anything that Christianity does. The first thing that I do is look in the mirror. Like the very first thing I do when I read stuff like this is I take a long, hard look at myself, not just because I'm attractive, but because I want to know, like, where was our failure that drove people outside of the church to do these things? So, for example, if their main purpose is to effectively communicate love. Right. I was actually expecting you to be like, well, they're not communicating love because love by definition is is within Christianity and love is God. And like you're I, w- you, I was getting yeah, to that. But yeah, yeah. Like but that's, that's the fact that they, into... yeah, the fact that they had to leave us to do that tells me that we haven't been effectively communicating it well or like or I mean, there is the chance that we did and they rejected it. Sure. But like the stuff like that stuff, I, I don't look to be offended by it. I look to actually be introspective with it and to, and to think like where did we go wrong and how do we get back on the right track with this kind of well, thing? I, that's, that's, that's where th- I tend to come from it or come at it from. I, I totally see what you're saying. I totally see what you're saying. And I think we need to do that. And I think part of the reason why watch, watch, how, watch, watch, you ready? Are you ready for this? <laughs> part of the reason why Kanye was so effective in connecting Sunday service to church is because how he presented himself is so similar to how pastors of major churches right now are presenting themselves. The the figurehead or icon. They're wearing they are wearing the same clothes. They are not messiah-esque, but pretty dang close. Um they are emotional. They are experiential. And most of all, they are dressed fashionably. And I think that, to me, he looks just like that dude. That dude's a Christian. He must be either a Christian or making a statement about it. Yeah. And I think that, to me, is where, yes, we should look at the mirror and take a yeah. hard look. And I think and I think that's the problem is where we went so far. And, and, and I feel so Adventist saying this. We allowed secular culture to come in to our churches specifically with our leadership. Now, when I say that, I'm very careful because I believe that we should be creators of culture, right? I'm talking as a guy who owns, I just talked about, you know, I bought my brother a PlayStation 4. I'm an MDiv student, right? Uh, Or I didn't buy him a PS4, sorry. I bought him a game. 
um, for the PlayStation. You talked about video games. I'm a, I, I'm, you know, we're talking about Endgame, and I'm going to go see that. I'm a huge believer in creating culture, right? Be a part of the world you're in. But I am also very cognizant of the fact that I do not want someone off of the street to look at me and think, man, I want to live like that person. Mm-hmm. I want them to look at me and say, I want something that they have. I don't want them to look at me and think, man, that guy's got, look at the clothes he's wearing, look at the shoes he has, look at the, the car he's driving, look at the house he has. I want that. I want them to look at me and say, there is something about him that he's dressed in rags, but there's something deep inside him that I need in my life. And the problem is, I think so many of our churches, so many of our pastors specifically, the leaders that we look up to as a society look just like Kanye in their fashion, in their presentation. And that's why it's so easy for people. That's where we've gone wrong. I don't, opinion, I don't think, as a okay, culture. so I agree with you, but I don't think we allowed it. I think we gave them no other choice. I think we forbade them from, I think culture, church culture or Christian culture forbade leaders from doing anything else. Um, in order to be successful or in order to to be effective in what they do, and so well, we I think, we okay, I could see we that left too. them no other choice to say like how do we keep people in here other than like elevation worship? It's literally like if you if you become a worship leader with elevation, it is literally in their instructions for being a worship leader, for being on stage, for being a part of elevation that you have to dress quote trendy end quote like you have to be trendy like there are there are there is an aesthetic that you are required to keep and i get like there's an aesthetic anywhere but it's well, the new sunday best I, mean, I was gonna it's say the new sunday best i was gonna say as opposed to yeah as opposed to suit tie and a and a vest but yeah i, I get what you're saying no i totally get what you're saying yeah i think we left them another choice so now you've got now you've got accounts like preachers and sneakers on i on instagram if you've never heard of it um it is out there um preachers n like Check the letter out. n yeah. sneakers um sneakers. this isn't this is an account i find this account hilarious and i i do want to preface it with something as i'm explaining it um but um i'll get there so it's an account that basically it posts a picture of a pastor of like a popular like pastor chad veach um um judas uh judas smith um stephen furtick td jakes all these guys right um yeah uh uh Kanye was on there from his Easter service. All right, so you, you, it posts a picture of them, it, and then it zooms in on their shoes or an item of their clothing, and then it, and then it, and then there's another. Uh, there's the third part of the picture is always just the price tag of whatever it is that that the the person is wearing. The preface I want to add to this, and it's something that gets lost. That's why I'm saying it first. Um, is that a lot? A lot of the times, it's their shoes, and the picture that's posted with the price tag is its value on StockX. Um, which skyrockets right, yeah. after a shoe is sold. Um, you could buy, I think the the Michael Jordan Concord fours for like a hundred or two hundred bucks, and now they're eight hundred bucks easy, right? Like the, the, it, it, it skyrockets after their after their initial sale. So uh, they, they, it is skewed, but not not very far off usually, especially with the well, regular clothing the thing, items. I was going to say, here, here's the thing though: regardless of whether or not the price skyrocketed. When someone walks into that church, that's what they're seeing. They're not seeing, oh, well, that might have been $200 or that might have been a gift. They're seeing those are $400 okay, see, shoes. So then that's the responsibility of the person walking in the church. I agree. Well, uh, yeah, uh, okay. it, it, it's it's half and half. No, I'm, I'm still not okay with that no, either. No, it's, it's not. It's not half and half, though, because here's the thing. Paul said the onus is on you. He said, to those who are weak, I became weak. Those who are strong, I became strong. Sure, right? but I can't. So let me put it this way. Um, let's let's talk. Uh, right? I used to drive to church in a suit, in my Apple Watch, iPhone, in this super shiny blue, nice Ford Focus ST. Looked great. Um, started to feel guilty about that because I was driving to church in this low-income area, getting out of tr- getting out of my car in a suit, like shiny car in a, in a parking lot. It looked like a pearl in a, in a super low-income area, right? So I sell that car. I trade it in. I get a different car that looks worse. Guess what? Costs more. If we're talking about appearance, like that was that was a terrible decision fiscally, yet it somehow earned me respect. The onus was on me to spend more money and be actually irresponsible in order to look better to those around me, like and, and well, to be again, less of the, a stumbling block. Again, the idea. Well, to me, I think 
A, the, what you were doing, I think your heart was in the right place. I think you could have just not gotten a car that was more expensive. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not fair. saying that, that you I mean, made that's the right fair. decision there. But I'm, what, what I am saying is, okay, even with that, were the people able to hear your message better? No, they didn't care. Okay, so then that well, wasn't the hold issue. Hold on, so no. The, issue was... the, the, the people in the community that were seeing this didn't, weren't coming to church before that anyways. And they weren't coming after. I'm talking about my specific church members. They didn't care. So, right, 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 right. Well, but that's what I'm saying is your community members, right? I have no idea now, what they thought. Now, I'm not going to go into, you know, because we, we can't know what other people think. But when I go to preach at a Hispanic church, I wear a, an Adventist Hispanic church. I wear a suit and a tie. I make sure I in do. In Texas, you wear right? a bolo tie. If, like if I, I have yeah. jewelry <laughs> for, for cowboy church, I do. Um, why? Because I want people, I want people to feel at ease when I walk in. I don't want anything about my appearance to throw them off, to make to make them focus on anything. But but I want people to be able to see Christ and to look past me. And if I'm wearing such fast, flashy, shiny stuff, that that's what they think. And again, I go back to that's what I want people to see when they look at me. Now, granted, are there things that I need to be more responsible for? Yes. Am I saying you need to sell everything and give it all to? The, no. Unless that's what God's but, calling you to do. No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying when it comes to being flashy, what why were they selling $225 stuff? Why were they selling merch? I don't think churches should have merch on sale after, right? But we've talked about this before when it comes to right selling church. Right? Like we've had a whole episode on this idea, especially with televangelists and Right. Like, should you be able to make money? I, I think the bigger question for me when it comes to what pastors look like and all this stuff is someone's going to walk in and see those are fifteen hundred dollar shoes. Right. I'm not saying that you never wear them. I'm saying at in that from the front. At that moment, whether or not it should be at that moment, you become. Something bigger than yourself. We're talking about bigger than yourself. You become something bigger than yourself. You become, in essence, a a pathway that God is trying to speak through. People are looking to you. And when and when I, as someone who comes up, have something on that speaks to opulence. When I from the front say, I need a $65 million jet to replace the $45 million jet, it says something. And this to me was why, and that to me, I think was why I was, I was, as a as a as a pastor, as a leader, offended by Sunday service. Now, I want to be very very clear when I say this: I am not offended by a black man having a black service on a hill. I want to be very clear about that. I think it's awesome. I think that's great. I was offended because I look at what church is supposed to be according to the the word of God that I believe is living, that I believe have lessons for us. I'm not talking about style. I'm not talking about the type of songs they sung. Hey, sing your own songs. They don't even have to have Jesus in them. Go for that. I can't judge where their heart is hearts were. I can only judge their actions. And when you come up and when you present yourself in such a way that I am the Messiah, and remember, Kanye has said before, I am a God, right? Like he's made that claim before multiple times. And when you come up and present yourself in a messianic context, and when, even if you have breakdowns like he did, when you present it as an exclusive club that only certain people can come to and have the right to come to, that is when you go away from the church of Jesus Christ, right? The ecclesia of Jesus Christ, the group, the people. The people are the church, not the event, not the service, not the clothes. It's about the people. That's why, to me, it's so important that we don't, because we should never, we should never have, as a, as a community, forced our pastors to do that, right? Either in suits or in Nikes, right? In, in Jordans. Um, we should never have pushed them to that point. And, and I think we as leadership and as a community need to get together and say, what is it going to take for us to be able to look at these people that are going to this place for inspiration? 
Because really, Coachella is kind of like a church for a lot of people. Why are they going there? What can we do to create the type of community that they're looking for, that they're paying so much money for? See, okay. So I think we're letting people off too easy. That's what I think. I think that the the whole talk about the way that pastors spend money, I, maybe there's maybe there's a limit for how much they should or shouldn't. Like I agree that a private jet is definitely way too much, but like I, it's always arbitrary for everyone. It is always arbitrary. Like so, Stephen Furtick shouldn't have a ten thousand square foot home, uh, but what if that to his income is the same proportion as what my apartment is to my income? Right. Then he's not following any rule that's different from mine. It's just that he has more income than I do because of what he does. Sure. Or the church that he leads, which if you want to disagree that his income should be that high to begin with, like then what's appropriate? There is no biblical foundation for what's appropriate other than other than Jesus saying the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. There's no like I think it's all arbitrary. And this is why it bugs me that we we put all this on the pastors. I'm saying like you're a human being with reason and and dignity and wisdom and discernment like Figure it out. If if you if, right, if it yeah. takes if it takes him wearing expensive Jordans for you to see that he's that he's a liar or that he's that that or she is is doing something terrible, like that's more a problem with you, I think, or your 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 moral compass there. Like I think we let members off. Um, I I I love the shepherd and sheep thing, but man, do I think we are so disrespectful to the intellect of a normal church member or of a normal human being. I'm not saying pastors aren't abusing their power or aren't abusing their funds. I think the way that the mega churches are currently falling apart right now uh, is definitely indicative of um, of yeah. a lot of that coming yeah. to fruition, right? I, and and yeah. God handing them over to their sins and the fullness thereof. But I think, like, I just don't care because there, there's always going to be someone with a with a different sense of like what's too expensive and what's not, what's too flashy and what's not. And I'm kind of just yeah. I could see that. I, I get being responsible and I get trying to trying to do everything I can to be all things to all people within reason and contextualizing what you wear and how you dress and 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 and, and how you speak all that. Like I I definitely get that. Um it's really funny cuz my energy level goes significantly up whenever I'm in a black church and I preach and there's nothing I can do about it. Like I've tr- I like I've noticed it and it's it's Yeah, you want to match them. Yeah, you, ma- yeah, you, you match you match where them. you are. Yeah. You match. Absolutely. You really the do. preaching that I do in a small country town church as opposed to a bigger church, like it just changes the the, the tone, the energy, all of it. The audience, um, yeah. The audience, can, yeah, if for sure. Preaching to youth versus adults, it always contextualizes. Um, but I think I, I think we spend way too much time looking at what the pastor or the leader is doing wrong or what we think they're doing wrong instead of looking at us and going like, who are we following? Why are we following them? What are we doing? And... Um, I, I just think we let people off too easy. Um, and I think we've let pastors off too easy, too. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know what the standard I, yeah. is. I think there needs to be accountability. Well, I, I mean, I agree with you. It is arbitrary. Um, but I think, well, okay, for instance, so for in this context, preachers and sneakers, right? You can wear something that is stylish, but perhaps not expensive, Right. What is expensive? All right, that that can be debated, but I think, right? There was one. If there was a video that they they put on Facebook, and in one of it, they talked to this one pastor, uh, and he spent like forty five, I want to say thousand dollars one year year on clothing. That that was my income for a year. I lived. I ate. I had a house. I had a car. I bought a car. Um on the amount that he spent just on clothes in one year. Now, his justification was while well, I was sweating through everything. That's why they have dry cleaners. Like Okay, so then he's going to say I spent $45,000 on dry cleaners every week. That's why Asterix well, doesn't I, wear I mean, suits anymore. Point, uh, Asterix, oh, Asterix yeah, doesn't no, wear suits because yeah, he like through them all. Through. Well, and I would argue that you shouldn't even we shouldn't even be wearing suits. Like that came from the Roman world. But that's it is the world that we live in. But I, I will go back to, you know, he spent $45,000. And then, and then they said, well, do you feel the need to wear Gucci? And it's a very, I kind of want to see the full interview because they only played a couple clips. And he's just like, well, I don't really, I only buy those a couple times. And they're like, no, it looks like you buy them quite a bit. I want to see the stats from that because it's, I, that he's not the only one, right? Yeah. Like he's not the only one, but that is pretty big. Uh, you had the same thing with John Gray. And then the former pastor, a woman came out and said, we're going to stab people. I think this was in North Carolina even, right? In Charlotte yeah. or something. Um 
And she's like, yeah, we're going to stab the people from this audience who says we can't give him this money. And I'm like, dude, if you can picture Jesus doing that, you need to read the Bible again. Go through, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, read that again, and then say, yeah, no, he would totally say, I'm going to stab these newspaper people for saying we're giving them. So you're saying Jesus wouldn't do a podcast and we shouldn't, Jesus, 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 Jesus did do a podcast. (laughs) It's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's called, it's called the Sermon. (laughs) We were still on the same page. That's hilarious. No, I just think, I just think I agree. It is arbitrary, but you have to, A, use common sense and you have to be able to get to the point where, because I got to be honest, Preachers and Sneakers called out uh, uh, one of the pastors that, well, they've called out a few pastors I really appreciate, but another guy, Erwin Erwin McManus, that I really appreciate, um, and I and his ministry at Mosaic Church. I think he does a lot of things right. I disagree with some of his theology, but I think he does a lot of things right. And um, and they and they called him out. You know, now I also think preachers and sneakers has a bit of an agenda. <laughs> I will also admit, and you and you have to be able to sometimes say, "Look, this was a gift." Maybe the optics weren't good, but my people know me, and the actions of the rest of my ministry can back this up. And so I agree with that. I take my iPad, right? That was, you know, it was $500. I got it on sale, old. Yeah, mine's old too. Used, yeah, yeah. But it was a display. But it was still 500 bucks. I mean, that's a chunk of change, you know? That yeah. For some people, that's rent. That's, you know, that's food money. It's a big deal. It was two car payments. Um, and I spent that. Now it's a tool, but I spent it. I can justify it however I want. I spent money on a tool, and it's a fancy tool that essentially could be, it can do a lot of things, but essentially I can replace it with a pad of paper. If I really needed to, I could take a legal paper. If all the electricity went out in the world tomorrow, I could replace my iPad with mm-hmm. a pad of paper and a book. Um, it's just convenient. So, But I don't, I take it with me. I preach from it. I absolutely do. I'm used to it now. Um, I prefer it. Um I can have, I can put, you know, I just, I like it. Um, I'm not going to stop because I go to a, a lower income neighborhood. I'm not going to not take my iPad because I don't want to offend them. Because to me, that's also disrespectful. Not that what you did wasn't, uh, uh, no, not there that was you a, changing there your like car. Because you were there consistently. Yeah. Like the, but I'm yeah. saying like, but I'm saying, like, if I go to preach one time at a place, or if even if I'm the pastor there, like, there are certain things that I'm not going to change. Look, I have an iPad. I like it. I'm going to use it. This is what I decided to. But I, I'm still going to love people as much as I could, as much as I can. And that's the thing that when we go to, I didn't, I, I didn't care what Kanye wore. Let me, let me, let me, let me be very clear. I don't care what Kanye wears. Go for it. I care what what people who claim to be ministers of the gospel wear. I care what they're being called out for, because if we come off as frivolous, anybody, anybody, by the way, I'm not talking about pastors. That's why I didn't say that. Anybody who claims to be a minister of the gospel, what they wear, this goes back to a certain meeting that we as a large church had where we were also asked to wear specific clothes. And what that said, and the message that sent, and I know I'm beating a little bit of a dead horse at this point, but again, right, it matters what we wear. I care because what what the image that you present is the gospel you're trying to preach. Yeah, but I, I right? don't like this idea of we avoid the appearance of evil. I don't like that idea because it's not a biblical idea. It's not. It is a mistranslation. I agree with that. I agree with that. It is a flat-out mistranslation. Avoid the of but, but also... But also don't put yourself in a place where that's what you're being criticized for. If you're being criticized for something, have it be, I went out and I spent time with a bunch of prostitutes, right? Because I was, I was trying to minister to them, right? Now, obviously, that looks suspect. <laughs> I, but I, I would swear. rather that. Listen, honey, I swear I would rather God that. called me to them. I swear. I swear. <laughs> Right? Those shining lights I gotta be honest, outside the building were the Holy Spirit. The, the, the argument alone from that, I, w- I would pay to hear. <laughs> However, I would rather that they get, I would rather that that's what they were doing than for someone to come up and say, oh, you decided to wear, you know, I don't know, a Yeezy shirt, right? $200 t shirt, right? The, I, I would much <laughs> rather that they would be 
Cod <laughs> uh, uh, doing ministry, then then call out for doing that. I yeah. really would. Um, I would rather that we call out our pastor for wearing things that are too shabby. I don't buy new church shoes. I hate church shoes, by the way. For anyone who doesn't know this about me, I hate them. The fancy black Oxford. I oh, hate I love. Them. Hate I them. love them. Hate well, them. I love them. I have wide feet. I'm always. I have you, flat that feet. That means you just haven't gotten the right I ones. I hate shoes. I sure. I hate them. I never buy them. Every single church shoe that I have owned for the last 15 years has been a gift. Either a hand me down or someone gave them to me. Um, okay, see, but it takes you explaining that context. Like that's my point. Like I won't buy a new suit. And but I'm going to be very open about that. I'm going to. I would rather be criticized for for wearing clothes that are too shabby. Then, and, and here's the other thing. There were, I was listening to Lewis Black um, because I needed something to take the stress off. Uh, and, and he's a, com- a comedian, for those of you who don't know, and he was talking about how uh, the difference between Democrats and Republicans. He goes, Democrats are dumb, Republicans are stupid. He doesn't like politicians, period. He's, he's bipartisan in his hatred. <laughs> and, but he was talking about this one thing uh, that Nancy Pelosi said, and it was just a dumb statement. He goes... Uh, they were talking about, and I can't remember what year they were getting together uh, to try to deal with the 2008 issue, and they got together to do the budget, and people asked her, um, would the House be willing to take a, a pay cut during this time? And she goes, no, because it would demean the office. And and he goes, <laughs> you're right, yes, people starving. But you taking a pay cut, that's going to demean the office. Not you not doing legislation that leaves people starving. That's not going to demean the office. You not getting as much money. You know, that would be demeaning. And it was so funny to me because I, I, to me, I just immediately saw the context with this. I thought about this episode that we were going to do. And I thought, yeah, right? If, let's say, when, a, when someone calls out a pastor for making $3 million, the same a head coach. I mean, I won't get into that because it's too much of a tangent, but... Okay, so you know what? This next year, I'm going to I'm going to cut that. And I'm going to specifically publicly take the money that I was getting and I'm going to make sure and I'm going to and I'm going to let people know where it's going specifically so they yeah. can see and say, "I want you to see this." I'm okay with increasing now, accountability. Now that goes against the Yeah, that goes, you know, cuz that contradicts the don't let the right hand know what your left hand is doing, but in most cases now, and this is what most people don't realize, most of the pastors there, most of their income does actually go to things like that. Um, now, not everybody. I'm not saying that. But a lot of these pastors, a lot of their income goes to actually helping people. Um, I've been told and I've, and I've looked and I've and from what I, let me rephrase that. I have not talked to them personally, but from what I have seen, they're quiet about it. But Stephen Furtick's home, he uses that. So allegedly as a staging area for ministry, he lives with, you know, like five other families, things like that. Just be public with that for a little bit. Come forward with that and just say, look, I want you to know that it's not about the money. I appreciate this. This is something that they felt was reasonable for me. But so that so that people don't focus on me and they focus on God. This is what I'm willing to do because I can't control what other people do. I can't. You're right. And and we should, as a church community, start holding each other accountable for how we force people to, to, to do that. But I think also for me, as someone who wants to pre- present Christ, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best to make sure that I'm not, that's not what I'm going to get called out for. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I, I agree. I think, I think we should increase accountability. I think, I think leaders should be more accountable to their people um, and, and more, and that, that should be more tangibly so. Um, I just also don't like people jumping to conclusions about their leaders. And I think that that needs to be called out. I have a a good pastoral friend who, um, who, whose wife was given as a pastor, he was a pastor's wife. She's a pastor's wife, uh, was given a $4,000 camera set by someone as a gift. There was no bribery involved. It was literally just, I want you to have this. You said you wanted to do photography. You guys didn't have the money for it. Here's this 4,000. It's, it is. And some of the gear that she got was some of my dream gear as a photographer that I would love to have um, easy to see her walking around and just assume that she bought that with her money. People would assume that I drove my, my dad's old Passat thinking that I spent a ton of money on a Passat when in reality I inherited it from a father who died too early. Like I don't like from a personal perspective, 
I don't like this idea of jumping to conclusions about the things people have. That's why I hate that, like, for preachers and sneakers, uh, they use the stock X photo of shoes instead of what their normal market price was. I don't know when they got that. I don't know the context they got that in. And now, because you've witch hunted them, there's no way for us to ever know. Chad Veach went in and tried to uh, tried to explain it. Like he even said at one point, I didn't spend a dime on these shoes and everyone attacked him for it. How dare you even accept the gift? Like, I don't, I also don't like the idea of living in response to criticism at all time either. Right. Like I don't want to live my life or do my ministry just constantly reacting to the criticisms of people. Um, I think I should be accountable to the church that I lead. I think I should be accountable to the people that I shepherd, but being being accountable to yeah. culture in general that doesn't understand my context or anything about me that doesn't but being accountable to the people that I do life with that's different so i i have very very mixed feelings about this overall i really do and i think honestly you know what i think we, this calls for i think this calls for a stewardship episode i think we just need to do an <laughs> entire stewardship episode I have a very, um, I have a very different view of stewardship. So role. do I. Um, I, so, I think the whole thing needs to be torn down and rebuilt from the ground up. Uh, well, we're not. We're. I mean, just as a stewardship, a the theology that. of stewardship, not not like church. <laughs> no, 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 no. Understand the theology of stewardship. We're stewards of the gospel. I'll just say that. That's what we're actually stewards of. And when we understand, we can go deeper into what that means. But if you actually read through. Yeah. What we are stewards of, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're meant to take care of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That will be great because I have a whole, I connect it all with Lord of the Sweet. Rings. Sweet, we're doing so it. That will be a great nerd episode. We'll look forward to it. All right, guys, well, that, is, that wraps up today's episode. Um, I think there's a lot of passion that both of us have expressed in this. This is a hot topic. That's Kanye for you. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash absurdity podcast, or you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. Um, Facebook.com slash absurdity podcast. And we'll be uh, activating and using our Instagram soon as well. Absurdity cast. So thank you guys so much for listening, for being on this journey with us. Tony, thank you again as well. Uh, you are loved and appreciated and valued. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.